Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Joey. Hey. Mike. Hey. And Tom. Hi, Ross. And for our discussion today, uh, it's a big one. I'll just jump right in. Gunplay. It's Tom's birthday after all. you got to give him a big discussion. Happy birthday, Tom. Oh, thank you. Talking yeah, guns. Thank you. Talking guns. Ooh. <laughs> I don't it's, know if I like this. Right. Well, I think, but I think a lot of people have that feeling and... It's, I've always, what comes up a lot of the time in the discussions, and I think it's just one of the, what's the value? Why would this, what, there, what could be any saving points? Any, what, what's the value to this kind of play? Why would I allow it? I don't like violence. I don't want to promote violence. Isn't that what I'm doing with this? And I feel like we all have our own personal mm-hmm. points on this. But also, I think from a developmental standpoint, we can look at, there's a lot of other parts to it's not just, it's not just run, you know, acts of violence in the classroom. So maybe just yeah. I was just gonna say to be clear, we're talking probably about fingers or blocks. Yes, not using um, actual toy gun. And probably, pro- I mean, some people might at their house have squirt guns or things like that. But I'm right. just when you just said violence, and it's a rep, it's more, it's a representation of violence. Yes, most often. <laughs> There's not even contact. You've right. got maybe like a pew pew. Yep. Um, there's usually not even like one person's not even hitting another person. Mm-hmm. Right. But to go back to a conversation about target, the right. per- one person is usually often mm-hmm. a target. Um, whether they, uh, but it, it, just to clarify that it, it's it's a representation of violence, and yes. that's what I think makes us uncomfortable. Right. At least I think that's what makes me. I'll be. That's what makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know that I don't know. Um, what I think of with guns is not the same thing as what a three-year-old, like I have a whole different set of schema around yeah. guns because I'm an adult and I've been living in this world a little bit longer. So the, yeah. the horrificness of what can happen right. from guns is, is different. Yeah. Whereas that three-year-old has figured out, wow, they're pretty darn important in my culture. And I can, right. I right. can get the most powerful object, re- I can represent the most powerful object and, and have all the power. Yep, maybe that. So, other thoughts? Where you? Where do you sit with your own vision? Well, I think power is the um, the key. I always talk about like in our culture, kids figure out pretty quickly that the three most powerful people are uh, people with guns, superheroes because they have superpowers, and moms. You know, and mm-hmm. like those are the things they really want to play. And then they'll also do like lions or dinosaurs or other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things that seem powerful and are usually loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, predators. And, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think power is one of the main mm-hmm. things, and because culturally it is such a powerful thing, um, that becomes one of the main ways. Mm-hmm. But also, like you said, our society also has a big. I don't know what did you want to say. Epidemic with gun violence that it's hard to as an adult, to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You so. know, I, this, is a, this is a topic that I've not done very much research on. Even though I've been in the classroom for a very long time, I actually had very little gunplay in my classroom, and I'm not sure why. I mean, I had mm-hmm. kids build guns out of manipulatives and things like that, but it, it, it never really went anywhere. And I was, I've been trying to think, this is their way to make sense of their world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, this isn't a world without guns, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. In our world, there's, there, it isn't, at this point, a world without guns. So how do kids make sense mm-hmm. of it? Right. The way they mm-hmm. make sense of it is to play, mm-hmm. is to yeah. play and it with it. it doesn't even mean that they like guns. I mean, because I think kids play things that they don't understand yet, just like adults write books, right. crime thrillers. I'm sure you don't have to be an actual person who would commit a crime to write a book about crime. Right. They're trying to figure it out. But, right. Sorry, Tom, right. go ahead. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I think one of the one of the problems is the adults and what we put on this type of and what right. uh, and how mm -hmm. we interpret this play, <laughs> because if we get really upset, the kids figure that out. Look at right. Oh, right. I know how to control right. that. I know how to get some control. Is play a little bit with. I had a I had a parent who was a parent volunteer in my classroom, and she wasn't. She wasn't opposed to the kids playing with the guns with the blocks. She just said, "Don't aim at my head." And you know what the you know what a kid hears? Aim at my head. Aim at my head. Right. And so right. she the kids right away aimed at right. her head, mm -hmm. and then she had to follow through. And there there was no more gun play then. Right. But that, right. The, I mean, you know, as adults, we we we, we get these hangups right. about mm -hmm. children's play and misinterpret it and so I put our own anxiety on it about gunplay. Because I have a theory, I guess. I do think I think that there is there are certain kids for whom gunplay they get they, they get stuck more than they get stuck in other kinds of play. Mm -hmm. I, I I believe over the years I've seen this, and that then I think for those kids it's almost I feel like there's a sensory component of mm -hmm. of of moving around the room going. Pshoo, pshoo. I think that feels good in someone's mouth, right? Um, or pew pew, whatever it is, and then something about the pointing of the finger or whatever they're using, and they kind of get lost in it. So, you know, mm -hmm. even when somebody says, you know, in my room, you know, you can't shoot at someone who's not willing to be the, right. the, the target, even even though you're pointing, just you're pointing, I guess it's just being, you're being pointed at um, with something and they get lost in it and they can't uh, hear or they can't, you know, they, they, mm -hmm. they, they become, they, it carries them away. There's, mm -hmm. and I, and I think that's censor. I don't actually think that that's, I'm so that's thrilled. Thing, yeah. I don't, I could be wrong. I don't think it's the same thing as the power no, thing. No, I would I agree with you. There's yeah. a certain sensory mm -hmm. aspect of it that. That they right. that they lose themselves, and that's the where I feel like when I'm stopping gunplay or interrupting it and putting a pause and trying to re mm -hmm. reorganize them, it's because they've lost themselves in this sensory world where it's, they're almost tuning everybody out. Everybody else has disappeared, and I don't right. know. I see. Uh, did you guys see that? Uh, that's that's where I that's the that's the aspect of gunplay that I actually struggle the most is when the parameters we've set around play can't be followed because they've just lost themselves in it so much. Mm -hmm. But to me, what you just said is that this child has a sensory need that's not being met. Somehow. It's it's possible. I so, mean, I feel like there's certain I mean, kids over the years who have seen this. In. Yeah, maybe yeah. not every. Right. I imagine it's not every kid, and mm -hmm. I imagine not even the majority of the kids playing mm -hmm. doing some sort of gunplay. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of kids who do gunplay is what you know Tom talked about. Of they kind of build it. Oh, look at this! And if the adults aren't trying to stop them, that'll be about it. If adults try to stop them, then they're going to keep playing it. And there's actually studies that show that that's true, that when you ban gunplay, there's an increase in gunplay. And when mm -hmm. you allow it, there's a decrease in gunplay. But, Ross, but the sensory thing is definitely a uh, um, something to be addressed, too. I think right. it's a separate thing, too. Yeah, I, but I, I feel totally like that's, I think they get merged in people's minds about, like, oh, that gunplay is out that's of because control. That's because of the concerns or the, the anxiety that the grown-ups bring to right. it, I think. Yeah, and then I was just going to say, I also I think it's interesting that some people I'm going to be a little soapboxy, sorry, who maybe don't like gunplay or don't like guns in our society and these kinds of things, think it's just adorable when kids play with bow and arrows. Like, hmm. and I'm like, well, it's it's still a right. weapon that would, I mean, theory, uh, imaginary weapon. Anyway, I yeah, just right. think it's interesting that that I'm okay with sword play. Right. Really? Right. I'm okay with magic wands that kill people. Yeah, right. That's no different well, than pointing your finger. I remember having a finger. parent who, yeah, they didn't want their kid to pretend to play guns so they shared this like toy that she was pretending to be a gun and it was like a flashlight and said well what if it just made the thing you're looking at disappear and i'm thinking so an object that can make something disappear is 
preferable. I'm thinking, I'm you know, growing when I grew up, thinking neutron bomb here. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it is that thing of like, how is like right. that seems right. to be right. the biggest fear. Right. Although also for a kid who is afraid of things, being able to put right. things in jail or to be able to say there's a police officer with a gun that will keep me safe mm-hmm. or my parent with a gun will keep me safe or whatever it is for some people that can right reduce anxiety mm-hmm. but the idea that there's like a thing that just makes things disappear being more preferable to a gun which at least does have you know you know anybody who eats meat out there you know guns are actually used for things right you, you know like there right. there is a use in our society but obliterating something completely so that it doesn't exist anymore right so you'll always hear adults talk about in their childhood they always played guns. No, I did. I, yeah. I mean, I did too. Extensively. And, and, and I think we're both pretty and, and, uh, considerate and caring adults. We, we, Tom. Played, we played war, war, and mm-hmm. guns. And that play didn't make us violent. Right. Well, and people. It was a way for us to, um, to again, to kind of process what we would be seeing mm-hmm. either right. on the uh, in the screen. Mm-hmm. Even back then, whether it was um, Roy Rogers or whatever, where there well, was the a books lot of you street. read now and the movies you watch, I mean, they ha- can have disturbing content. I mean, and how do you process that? Right, and, and are you watching that as a way of processing something else that's happening right. around us? Right. Well, and to me too, I think the idea of like stories of good and evil, yeah, in fiction, often get used the way it's portrayed is as a battle. So, like the Bible. Tons of violence, people killing each other, and it's supposed to be about good and evil. Uh, Harry Potter, um, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go to you know, and and you can go to other you know the Vikings, older cla- um, classics, yeah. to, you know, like literature classics, and it's like it's like you're dealing with the you know the idea of good and evil is personified by showing these battles or wars. Yep. So often, and I think there's a certain it's a. It can be a metaphor, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people can be reading a book and see it as good and evil. And even the mysteries, I think there's like, usually there's a protagonist that's evil, mm-hmm. and then there's somebody who's going to figure it out and stop that person. Right, right, right. 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 And so it is still about mm-hmm. sort of good and evil. And in some ways, modern mysteries are often about things that maybe ideas we all have carried way too far. We all get mm-hmm. upset about something, and then, but this person, you know, whatever, psychopathic or whatever, like mm-hmm. somehow carries it to this So that doesn't, blend. it doesn't answer the question about <laughs> what it? happens wait, 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 uh, in your in your case where somebody seems to be stuck. And it seems that maybe maybe you can do something like, I, I remember sitting down with kids and they were, we were writing stories about superheroes and they would dictate and I would just write. And maybe that's a way to help them process mm-hmm. or get them unstuck. Well, I don't know. And I, so I, I, that I've actually been thinking about gunplay maybe more than I have. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that comes up in your career. You you think about it, you kind of resolve it, and then it mm-hmm. you know kind of crops back up. So it's been a year where it's kind of cropped back up for me. And I've um, looked for articles on it, and I've been surprised because Tom, you were saying you haven't read a lot about it in your career. You haven't done a lot, and I've been surprised that too. And this is based on the internet search. I don't have access to academic journals mm-hmm. in my in my life. It's like the same, it, there's some articles that were written 10, 20 years ago, and they're the ones that 
even if it's a recent thing, like, oh, Scholastus is going to publish a thing right. about this. They're interviewing the people who, you know, who've written about right. this a long time ago. I don't see a lot of new... I got frustrated by not seeing a lot of new yeah. information about right. it because I do feel like we are at an interesting moment in our society right. related to, you know, it's kind of like, well, what is there anything different now? Because yeah, guns yeah. are sort of right. different, feeling different. Um, that's one thing. But I was going to say, but I've actually this year been reading um, uh, some work by Vivian Paley, who mm-hmm. is a, a wonderful author about the life of a classroom. And her just talking about play and what kids are working on in their mm-hmm. play has actually been much more illuminating yeah uh, kind of around what you were talking about mike right. they're just like working things out and working, yeah, yeah. Out, working out fear and all these kind of right. anyway so there's just a little plug for she has a book called superheroes in the doll doll corner she has a yeah. lot of books i've been i've been yeah. i've been reading uh, bad guys don't have birthdays yeah any title Boy, any title you yeah. pick up of hers is gonna there's a lot of but, but just the way she actually picks apart the play yeah yeah um is uh has been helpful yeah and there was one art so one author that's more current and now i remembered his name because it rhymes with it's tim Kennard. actually i think it, i think it's pronounced for philly i pronounce it that way because of Tom's name, but I think it's Tim like Kynard or okay. something. But he's he was at Texas A and M. He had some interesting things about, um, and I can't remember what I got from him and what I've since added. put my own thing. Right. But um, like I think of the rules of engagement. He talked about impulse control. That, mm-hmm. and he was talking about superhero play as well as gun uh-huh. play, but that there's a lot of impulse control involved in it because whatever you're playing, you only follow the rules of that thing. So if you play Batman, there's no guns. If you're playing war, there's guns, but there's no Batman flying or, or Superman flying around. Or, you know, there's no superheroes. So Unless it's Infinity War. Unless it's Infinity War. The, oh, yeah, but he wrote this before Infinity okay. War. So, No, but there's this. There's certain rules that kids follow. So part of what he says is, and what I often tell teachers who get freaked out is, step back and look for the rules. Mm-hmm. Like, figure out what mm-hmm. are the rules of this game and then mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that, mm-hmm. wow, they're all following the same game. I watched this one kid... He had a, they're called Mobilos. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, they were making guns out of it. And this one kid came over to play with them. And he, like, pointed. And then he, like, pushed the kid's chest with the gun. And the other kid's like, no, you don't touch me with it. That could hurt. You hold it and go pew. Yep. Right. <laughs> and usually I don't see a kid actually, like, that explicitly explain right. it. Right. But it was just so funny because it was like, oh, right. There really are rules. Right. It's just that most kids tend to follow it. And kids will get really upset if you're like, no, you can't. Or I'm not the bad guy. You can't shoot at yeah, me. I mean, the you rules can't are, shoot at yeah. me. Or there's yeah. not a bomb coming from an airplane. And we, Usually. Did, we did that as kids. We we had to always negotiate right, what the, the rules, rules are. were mm-hmm. when yeah. we're playing this game. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and if we couldn't agree, then the game fell apart. Or you'd be like, no, I'm on your team. Stop that. Right? <laughs> or like, I got I, you. I got you. I know you missed me. Yeah. I have armor. You didn't get you. Right? There's all the, but the, But there's... The, and with that, so there's that And that's getting into more that seven, eight-year-old like rules and let's keep piling on yeah. rules. Right. As they get on. But then... The negotiation of it. Will you agree to this or will you not? And then will the play continue? So I guess that kind of goes back to that opening question. And I don't, I think this is going to be something we have to revisit a few times because it's so loaded. Well, because the side question is, is there a way to talk to kids about the reality of guns in our society, which is not the same thing as gunplay? And I think that's, and I think that's where the schema that we as adults put in or the fact that we have the anxiety that we've talked about in this episode that the adults are putting way more into it right. because we, I think, or there is that misconception that if they, if we allow the play now, they'll grow up and they'll want to play guns. And I think 
that we know it's a misconception or a myth, but trying to help them understand it. And when are they ready for that? And another question that comes up too, when do I talk to my, my young child about stranger danger? And again, it's, I think, a topic where there, it, there's so much to it and so much worry or so much other information that a very young child can't process. And if you're allowing play, I know we <laughs> want to wrap it up, but if you're if you're allowing kids to play, you're learning about what's on their mind. And so if you mm-hmm. are working with kids who have life circumstances that are that are rough and that are scary, you're going to find out about it in their play. And in right. their play, you can you can provide a model of safety. I, I find you, kids often who play guns who are not, not doing the sensory stuff that you're right. talking about, but more the power thing. It ultimately comes down to stopping bad guys. Right. Or even stopping a tornado. Like if a tornado is coming, the way they do it, they shoot it. Right. I've seen so many kids (laughs) over years doing that. Right. But but if you if you shut the play down, you don't learn about what what they need, what they're afraid of, what where they might need support. Right. And because I think it so doesn't have value to be continued. But I think ultimately (laughs) what we're saying is really that it's a processing Mm-hmm. opportunity for adults. And I don't think it's one thing. And I don't think there is gunplay as one solidified right. concept. But maybe this is where we open it up to the listeners and to people out there to really discuss because I think it's one that there's so much to it and that... And there's emotions from grown-ups yeah. And yeah. For, for all different reasons. So I think uh, we'll, we'll end it here, but I hope we'll come back and talk about this more because there's a lot more to talk about. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook with the name Teaching with the Body and Mind, as well as like, subscribe, review on iTunes or Stitcher or any of your other podcast platforms as that helps us boost the ratings and also get our voice out to more people. Thanks.